it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Here we go, here we go, comedy alive from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting as we always do from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who is not desperately trying to make you watch the January 6th committee. Wow, Democrats and their allies in the media going full movie trailer and promising a much better show than the one you actually get in the theater. And I will explain why the trial is now going worse for them than it is for Donald Trump. Democrats are so full of crap. That's definitely part of it, but there's a bigger implication here for the economy, and we will discuss it with Brian Brenberg, econ whiz at the King's College, Fox News contributor Heather Robinson of the New York Post going to be in the house, as well as your fine self at 888-788-9910, the phone number if you want to be a part of this shindig. Also the phone number if you don't want to be a part of this shindig. I think that would be great radio. Just call me up and be like, here's the deal, Fela. Uh, either way, you can be a Republican on this show. You could be a Democrat. We don't really care, man. Just don't be a that is all as we get going on a big Tuesday show. Uh, spirited Gutfeld last night. I want to give a shout out to our little comedy dwarf, Greg Gutfeld, for doing a phenomenal job as always. Caitlyn Jenner probably had the line of the night. There was a lot of funny stuff. But we were talking about, you know, monkey pox. And then we were talking about chicken pox and how that can potentially be offensive to people. And then she said, well, Greg, in your case, maybe we have to rename smallpox. How about it? A gold medal in humor for Caitlyn Jenner. I thought it was hilarious. But, of course, the big show today, not Gutfeld. Uh, it is the January 6th committee, which gets back together. It is game four of the World Series of Politics in Washington. Uh, a World Series so far that nobody is watching. It's a bad one. And even Chris Christie, uh, he kind of spelled it out yesterday. And I want to play this clip out of the gate because it really does underscore the desperation of what is going on. This is clip 17. As you pointed out earlier in the poll, only 9% are following the January 6th stuff closely. So we've talked more about it this morning than probably anybody around their kitchen table is talking about it this morning. So basically what he's saying to the Democrats is, You gotta do better than that. And they're trying to do better today. Okay, I'm going to give you a couple of clips here right out of the gate because this one is just so funny to me. Because you understand what happened here is they have continuously overpromised and underdelivered. It's a lot like the Mueller probe. Do you remember during the Mueller probe, Adam Schiff was telling us what? He had definitive proof of Russian collusion. This rises beyond circumstantial evidence. We've got the criminal goods. This guy will say anything. And he said it. Because after three years of telling us definitive proof of Russia collusion, the Mueller probe came and went, and did they have any proof at all? The answer would be no. They couldn't even prove that Trump watched Rocky Four. Couldn't even prove that he had Russian dressing on his sandwich one time. But it didn't stop Schiff from getting out there and setting the country on fire. And you understand, there was a time when being a head of an intelligence com- community carried weight. People believed you. And then along came, you know... John Brennan and James Clapper, and away that went. Nothing, nothing Donald Trump has done 
Nothing the people who storm the Capitol has done could ever undermine faith in our democracy or our institutions as much as our institutions have themselves. Understand, the same intelligence community that told us Iraq had weapons of mass destruction then turned around and said, what? Oh, there's collusion between Trump and Russia. James Comey admitted to leaking it to the press. We've got to implement a special counsel, knowing full well, knowing full well that the whole thing was bought and played for, paid for by the Clinton campaign. They still sent the country on fire because you understand the Mueller probe was designed, was designed not to reach its rightful conclusion and deliver a verdict one way or another on Trump colluding with Russia. The Mueller probe was designed to get Trump to self-destruct in a death-by-a-thousand-cut scenario where they leaked one anonymously sourced bombshell after the other, and people kept telling you, oh, the walls are closing in. Oh, it's bad. The walls are closing in. And ultimately, they were hoping that Trump would commit an unforced era of the ages, self-destruct, fire Robert Mueller, and create the perception that there was a there there. He knows what he's talking about. That was the design of the Mueller probe. They wanted Trump to fire Mueller because that would convince enough people he colluded with Russia. They couldn't have done it on their own because they knew going into the probe they didn't have the goods. It's no different this time around. Okay, understand that no law enforcement agency is charging Trump with anything, nor are they going to. But the Democrats came into this thing again promising the moon and the stars. They overpromised, and the fact that they're undelivering is, you know, underdelivering is now killing them. Okay, they had 20 million people watch the first one. They had about 10 million watch the second, so they cut the audience in half. The third one got outrated by the Yule Log. Okay, there were more people watching an infomercial for the Magic Bullet today than there are watching the January 6th committee, and it's because they've made so many big promises. They've done the movie trailer thing, where it looks like it's going to be the greatest trailer in the world. The Sopranos used to do this. Ran around like season four and five of The Sopranos when the show just turned into a cooking show. It was just them cooking tomato sauce and calling it gravy. And then they'd go hang out with like Meadows' guidance counselor. But every time you got through that boring episode, there'd be a trailer where they showed like three guys with an M16 shooting up Tony's van. They got bombs are flying. There's boobs everywhere. And then you'd tune in the following week and it was just Tony having a dream about booms at a gunfight. You're like, oh, really? That sucked. And they did it over and over again. That has been... Okay, the Mueller probe, that has been the January 6th committee. Because understand, if they had the goods on Donald Trump, you would have heard about it a long time ago. Here is Dana Bash over at CNN, which is not exactly Mar-a-Lago monthly. CNN is the worst. They are, but to their credit, even they are calling shenanigans on Adam Schiff. Here is Dana Bash asking for it, clip 21. So many people watching your committee hearings are asking, what is going to come of this? Is the Justice Department going to file uh, criminal charges? First question is, why haven't you given everything over to the Justice Department that they are asking for and they say they need in order to potentially do that? I don't think Congress has ever done that, and I've been participating now in several investigations uh, where there have been parallel investigations done by the Justice Department. Congress never says, hey, Justice Department, uh, other branch of government, just come and go through our files. We also don't say, hey, we want to go over and just rifle through your files. Um, When the Justice Department asks for things specifically, hey, you know, we're looking at a case, Mm -hmm. uh, we're investigating this person, can you give us what you have? We work with them, and we'll work with them here. You know, I I do want to point out the Justice Department has the subpoena power, too. They can convene a grand jury. They can bring in witnesses. Uh, Traditionally, they don't wait for Congress to do that work for the department. Uh, So we're going to work with them. We want them to be successful in bringing people to justice. 
Um, but I, I can't go into the private conversation. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Really think about that. And he's making my point. The Justice Department has the power, has the autonomy to act on their own. The reason they're not acting on their own is because there's nothing to act on. Yes, what Trump said was bad. We all agree January 6th was horrible. You can't storm the Capitol, okay? There's no world where I'm okay with that. But I condemn political violence whether it's trendy or not, okay? I'm the Dr. Seuss of condemning political violence. I condemn it on a plane, on a train, on a boat, with a goat. You can't storm the Capitol, even if you're in an adorable Chewbacca bikini. But that being said, we what we don't agree on is that Donald Trump coordinated the whole thing and is now going to be criminally charged with insurrection because that's not actually going to happen. And Adam Schiff is admitting it right then and there. Dana Bash says, oh, well, if you have the evidence, why are you holding it back from the committee? He's holding it back from the committee because he doesn't have any. Correct the mundo. Dude, these guys were leaking evidence for three years that they didn't have, meaning made up evidence. Are you going to tell me there's any world that if they had real evidence that could bring down Trump, they're holding it back? I think he's got a point. But again, back to movie trailer mode. We need people to tune in. So here is Tiffany Cross over at MSNBC, currently neck and neck with CNN in the race to the bottom in terms of journalistic ethics, in terms of, again, selling emotion. We live in an era where people's emotions are their facts. MSNBC's job every morning is to get out of bed and sell moral superiority to a bunch of liberal white elites who are so filled with contempt for themselves, they start the day by filling up their bathtub and screaming in it. That's who these people are. They're rich beyond all believable bounds, but they don't know how to enjoy themselves, so they need something to hate. And in this instance, that target is you. Bingo. You, the Trump voter, the person, the white supremacist who doesn't know any better. You know, the vaccine denier, you know, the pandemic hoaxer, you, you white trash piece of garbage. Ah, that's who these people are. So Tiffany Cross, who knows nobody again, nobody is watching this trial. Nobody. Okay, there are more people, people watching in the middle of the Mojave Desert right now than there are watching the January 6th committee. But here's Tiffany Cross telling us straight up. That Clarence Thomas's wife, Ginny, is going to get perp walked out of the trial. Oh, you got to tune in. A Supreme Court justice's wife is going to get arrested on camera. You don't understand, girl. You got to watch this. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. Well, here she is trying to sell crazy right here. Clip 24. I mean, I, I listen to this and I see this play out. And my question is, is Ginny Thomas going to be perp walked? Because she is clearly uh, in violation of ethical norms. And it definitely seems like she viol- is a violation of the law. Will this matter again, Lucy, to people who are so focused on the court? Does the integrity of the court matter at all at this point? What would you do with a brain if you had one? I mean, really. My question is, is she going to get perp walked out of there? She knows the answer to that question. Would you shut up? Okay, but understand, this is the business they're in. They get out of bed. We're living in the death of shame. Like, you understand, after the Mueller probe came and went three years, oh, we got collusions, collusion as far as the eye could see. Adam Schiff was the guy who had collusion, you know, the really hot girlfriend, but she just didn't live around here. Don't forget, I played this clip yesterday. I'll play it again today. Here is Schiff saying in March of 2017 that it's beyond circumstantial evidence. They have the goods on Trump. Okay, I'm going to play this clip. Understand, anybody in a position of authority 
who's the head of the House Intel you know, Committee, that makes a statement this audacious with nothing to back it up has destroyed the credibility of the institution he leads. Okay, but they didn't stop this guy from going on TV. The guy who told you the sky was falling, when the sky doesn't fall, that guy's not supposed to be doing weather forecasts the next day. But Schiff is still back on TV telling you, oh, the swell, the forecast, cloudy with a chance of falling. But here is Schiff back in 2017 saying it's beyond circumstantial. It's clip 23. All you have right now is a circumstantial case. Uh, actually, no, Chuck. Uh, I, I can tell you that the case is more than that. Uh, and I can't go into the particulars, but there is more than circumstantial evidence now. So, um, again, I think... So you Director have Clapper, seen direct evidence of collusion? Uh, I don't want to go into specifics, but I will say that there is evidence that is not circumstantial uh, and, uh, and is very much worthy of investigation. You're a bald-faced liar. A See how you see that? Oh, no, no. This is beyond circumstantial. So you've seen direct evidence of collusion. This is where the legalese gets in. Well, I don't want to get into specifics, but it's definitely worth investigation. You told some of the biggest lies that I've ever heard of in my whole life. But you understand why that's such a lie. They knew going in. And we now know this because of court proceedings. The, you know, the special counsel, the John Durham probe. Hillary Clinton's campaign made up a story about Trump and Russia out of complete and total thin air. That's just how white folks will do you. Okay, complete thin air. They wanted a counter narrative to her email situation. So they went to the FBI themselves as air quote concerned citizens. Hey, I'm not here on the behalf of the campaign I just happen to be working for. I'm just here as a concerned citizen of the country. Come on, don't bullshit me. Okay, but could you take a look at this little story we've drummed up about Trump talking to an alpha bank in Russia, back-channeling some type of strategy about the election. They made the whole thing up, and Schiff knew that, yet was still willing to go on TV, look a camera in the face, Look, millions of people, not millions, it was on CNN. So look thousands of people in the face and say, I have definitive proof. It's beyond circumstantial. And now he's back again. Do you understand? This is like if the Charlie Brown, uh, the great pumpkin Charlie Brown, get down to the pumpkin patch. The great pumpkin's coming. Okay? If you blow an entire Halloween with no great pumpkin, okay, you're not going to go back there again if somebody invites you to the pumpkin patch next Halloween. All you're going to do is look them straight in the face and be like, You must be crazy. When are you going to stop believing in something that isn't true? But this is what you need to know about January 6th. Okay, the people running this committee, they don't believe it. They just want you to believe it. That's the issue here. Should Trump have said the election was stolen if he didn't have proof? No, because that doesn't make him any better than the people we condemned who did the exact same thing for three years. As I've been telling candidates who have come to see me, you can run the best campaign, you can even become the nominee, and you can have the election stolen from you. You can't handle the truth! Is the bottom line. But when it comes to January 6th, they don't want the truth. We already have the truth. A bunch of lunatics stormed the Capitol. They shouldn't have. A lot of them were let in. Most of them were peaceful. If we're going by the standards of, remember what CNN told us, was a fiery but mostly peaceful protest. People aren't buying it, CNN, you dumb bastards. This is not me condoning Donald Trump's behavior. This is not me condoning what happened at the Capitol. 
Okay, but the reason they're trying to go into movie trailer mode and promise you perp walks, even Adam Kinzinger, that shameless jackass, jumped in. Here it is, clip 32. Look, I mean, what we can do from the committee's perspective is show, you know, as we have so far, for instance, the pressure that was coming down on Mike Pence and how the president knew what he was doing and how he had been stopped prior at other areas. We're going to be talking Thursday about some of the stuff with the DOJ. We're going to have a discussion Tuesday about state pressure. And so you can see where the president knew all of that stuff. Um, We can, I think, show the American people that. Now, what can the Department of Justice do in a court of law? That's up to them. Uh, They can, you know, have their own information. They'll be able to see what we're doing here. And it truly is unprecedented. But let's be honest, we this attack, this attack on January 6th is unprecedented. And the rot that led up to it is also unprecedented. It is essential at this moment that we get a grip on this and figure out how to defend our democracy. You shut your mouth, you bastard. You see, here's the issue for Kinzinger, for Liz Cheney, who, with all due respect, are both going to be fantastic on the next season of Dancing with the Stars. Okay, the problem is, and the reason nobody's watching, is, you know, a lot of us agree the Capitol was bad. Shouldn't have happened. Would like to have had more police on the scene that day. Some reports say Nancy Pelosi rebuffed those requests. Others counter that narrative one way or the other. Regardless, we can all agree it was bad and it shouldn't have happened. But this committee is not designed, okay, to work on that consensus. It's designed... Okay, and the whole point was we're going to stop Donald Trump from ever running for president again because this guy organized the riot. Okay, we are being told just like we were during the Mueller probe that the great pumpkin's going to fly over by people who have no idea whether or not the pumpkin even exists, let alone comes here, which is why the only thing you can say to anybody trying to push you to watch this committee is you blockhead. You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. Hi, everybody. It's Brian Kilmeade. I want you to join me weekdays at 9 a.m. East as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and, of course, what you think. Listen live or get the podcast now at briankilmeadeshow.com. It is Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. Busy day on the show. Brian Brenberg's going to be in the house with some Brianomics. We're also going to yuck it up with Heather Robinson. Well, for all of you WJAS listeners out in Pittsburgh, if you happen to be listening on Beaver County Radio, two of our newest affiliates right down the road, uh, she is from Pittsburgh. She drinks Iron City Light. She says the word yins way too much in her emails, but she tells the truth. That's why we love her. That's why we love you. You appreciate an honest conversation. We'll have more of it after this on Fox Across America. If you're looking to save money on a bicycle safety course, get on down to the Joe Biden School of Cycling, where the only thing falling faster than the prices is the instructor. Uh Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. The Biden School of Cycling makes sure every tire has plenty of inflation. I want every American to know that I'm taking inflation uh, very seriously, and it's my top domestic priority. And we've got locations all across the country, including the state of dementia. I am uh, I am very willing to let the American public judge my physical and mental fil- 
my physical as well as my mental fitness. The Joe Biden Bicycle Safety Course. Because with gas prices this high, every American is getting taken for a ride. We're changing people's lives. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. So far, the enrollment, not very hot for the Biden School of Cycling. For some reason, all of the classes take place during fall. Oh, come on. We're being stupid. I'm a little loopy. We had a late night on Gutfeld last night. Uh, clips going up on the Fox Across America Facebook page as we speak. Caitlyn Jenner was funny. KT McFarlane spot on. And me, Kat, and Greg, it was a bloodbath. A lot of tough love dished out on the set yesterday. But according to reports... There's some tough love down in Florida between Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis. But the problem I have here, I want to get into this for two seconds, just to take a little time out from all the political rigmarole. I mean, gosh, really, do you need another discussion about inflation, the border or gas prices? I mean, long story short, I could do this show. It's three hours a day. I could do this show in three seconds. Lincoln could co-host. We could just open up every show being like, it's Fox Across America and Biden sucks. And that's the show. And you'd be like, yeah, no, I agree. Good show. I like this guy. Every day I tune in, the guy's right. Seriously. Hey, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. The media is a bunch of losers. And you'd be like, yeah, I agree. All right, good night, everybody. Okay, now what is it, Thursday? Hey, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. All true. My 13-year-old son has it figured out, okay? It's so stupid. It's, there's never been a dumber time to be alive. And understand this, folks. Because this is a, really might be, I, I think, by any you know definition, the fastest-growing radio show in the country. It shouldn't be. I don't know what I'm doing. Do you understand? My radio superpower is that I'm just one of you, is that I don't have a radio superpower. I don't come from any type of broadcast background. I went to community college. But the point is the division I'm playing in is so weak now because everybody got so stupid. Everybody got so emotional. You know, I say it all the time. We live in an era where people's emotions are their facts. But the problem is when you're operating from a place, of emotion, it denies you the self-awareness that would otherwise tell you you sound like an idiot. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. And that's been the problem. Like the political opposition in this instance, the Democrats, okay? I myself am a conservative, and I say it all the time. This is not a conservative talk show. It's an American talk show. I'm trying to prioritize issues and move the ball forward on behalf of everybody because I'm not an activist. It's not my job to steer our democracy. So I'm just trying to have honest conversations with you. And the only reason I'm qualified to do so is everybody around me is just so stupid in the media right now. And the problem when it comes to Trump versus DeSantis is you can't ever believe a single solitary report about any of them. So I want to dive into this just to get you like a little bit of a distraction from everything else because it's being bandied about. And like it or not, the minute the midterms end and the Democrats lose a historic level of seats. Okay, Biden's projecting right now in some circles to lose 90 seats. That's more than anyone in history. No, uh, anyone in history, the only person. Okay, right now, just to make this make sense, the one president who's cost his party more seats in in history is Barack Obama. I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. But he cost his party, I believe it was 63 seats in the midterms. It was a bad one. Biden is in position to top that. Come on, man. But he is. He's in a really bad spot. So you are going to start to hear 2024 talk a lot sooner than you normally would because we've got a guy in charge who just has no idea what he's doing. Tell it like it is. Okay. But when it comes to the Republicans, there's so much sensationalism. 
because DeSantis, who is the perceived frontrunner if Trump doesn't run, is already getting the Trump treatment. He's a racist. He doesn't care if your children die. He's trying to take out the elderly by not having a vaccine mandate. Never mind that DeSantis was on TV vaccinating elderly Americans long before anybody else was taking a targeted approach to COVID. Okay, he has the second biggest elderly population in the country. The reason DeSantis has better COVID numbers than all the states that locked down is he looked at the data instead of looking at the politics. I admire your honesty. And that's how we got to where we are. Okay, but DeSantis is getting the Trump treatment. Why? Because everybody who's perceived to be a Republican nominee for president gets the Trump treatment. Mitt Romney was a racist long before they called Trump a racist. Do you remember Joe Biden saying Mitt Romney was going to put y'all back in chains? Do you remember that? He went to Howard University, a historically black college, and said if Mitt Romney gets elected, he's going to put you back in chains. What the hell did you just say? Back in chains. Imagine that. Okay, that's what he said. And they called John McCain a racist. George W. Bush was a racist. Bob Dole was a racist. They're all racist, you understand. That's how it works. So they all get the Trump treatment, whether they act like Trump or not. And I'm not saying Trump acted racist, but you could call him racist with no facts and people were going to get right behind it. Don't forget, Joe Biden launched his whole campaign by saying what? Donald Trump never condemned neo-Nazis and white nationalists in Charlottesville. Never did it. And you had people, and I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists, because they should be condemned totally. That was the clip. He condemned them. But the Democrats like, oh, he didn't condemn them. He said, fine, people, both sides. You know, there was no nuance to anything he said. It's a battle for the soul of our nation. You don't understand. And that's what they do. So it's hard to trust the reporting when it comes to Trump or DeSantis. Okay, but here's what we do know. Okay, DeSantis is only the governor of Florida because of Trump. Trump's endorsement went a long way in winning a razor, razor thin election in 2018, one that culminated with Andrew Gillum uh, becoming a bit of a mess in his personal life and getting arrested and having all kinds of dalliances in hotels. And it was a bad situation that I don't want to lose the plot on. But DeSantis now, all these years later, is an overwhelming favorite for reelection, and he is breaking fundraising records so far. He's taken in about $100 million. Now, that money can't be used for a federal campaign, but you see that getting that type of money raises his profile. Okay, getting attacked in the media every day raises his profile. When they scapegoated Florida and they said, oh, it's a don't say gay bill. Okay, there was nothing in the bill, zero zip zilch. That banned people from being gay in Florida. Hello, have you been to Key West? Okay, they're fine with gay people in Florida. Okay, they didn't want people discussing what? Sexual education with kindergartners through third grade. They didn't want them discussing what? Sexual identity for kids between kindergarten and third grade. They didn't want teachers telling children there was no biological difference between a boy and a girl because a three-year-old can tell you that there is. Boys have a penis. Girls have a vagina. But in scapegoating DeSantis, which is what Disney was doing, never mind that Disney's doing business in 12 countries that criminalize gay activity. Forget don't say gay. You'd die for being gay in most of the countries Disney's doing business in. They'd throw you off a bridge for being gay. Not good, okay? But understand that DeSantis, we do know this to be true. Not the sensationalism, Trump hates DeSantis, this backroom fighting. We don't know that. But DeSantis has a lot of big mega donors behind him. Ken Griffin, who is the founder of Citadel, 
He's donated about $5 million, uh, in both 2018 and 2022. So the 2018, more at the behest of Trump, the 2022 looks like a direct donation to DeSantis because he's out there on his own now. Uh, and Griffin has said he won't support or contribute to Trump anymore. Now, he was a big Trump donor. Uh, other Trump donors also starting to test the water. There's a Texas oil baron by the name of Kelsey Warren who spent about $10 million backing Trump in 2020. He's given DeSantis about fifty grand so far, which is his first contribution. Okay, another 35000 from Larry Garatoni, an Indiana businessman who had put up about $500,000 to support Trump in the past, and he's never previously given to DeSantis. Also, Jeffrey Palmer, who's an L.A. developer. He's given DeSantis 20000 Now, it's not a gazillion bucks, but he did spend $6 million in 2020 to help Trump. So you understand people who donated to Trump are starting to donate to DeSantis, creating the perception that maybe DeSantis is the guy. There's a political report out that says, you know, DeSantis, there's got a growing animosity between him and Trump. You never know what to believe. But the political report concludes that Trump world is working overtime to find ways to burn DeSantis down. They really hate him, according to a source at The New Yorker. Wrong. I don't know that any of this is true. But what I do know is the media is trying to start this fight between Trump and DeSantis as soon as humanly possible because they want them to wear each other down. That's what they're hoping for. Do you remember when the Marlins stole a World Series off the Yankees in 2003 because the Yankees and the Red Sox had that knockdown, drag-out ALCS that culminated with Aaron Boone hitting the walk-off home run in Game 7 of the 2003 ALCS. And the Marlins team just walked right over the Yankees in that next World Series because the two teams had just taken the fight out of each other in the ALCS, had nothing left in the tank for the World Series. That's what the media is hoping to orchestrate now in the 2024 election. The Democrats, basically for all intents and purposes, are the Florida Marlins. Nobody cares about them. Nobody shows up to their games. Nobody's attending their rallies. Nobody in their right mind expects them to win this thing in 2024. So the media is starting to get really creative. And that's why you're getting reports in places like The New Yorker, in places like Politico, in places like the New York Times, in places like the Washington Post. That's why I don't read the newspaper, because it's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. So how it plays out, honestly, I don't know. But I know there's an, there is an ulterior motive to the media starting to run these stories. Now, they could all turn out to be true, but i got to be honest with you. Nine times out of ten, if you're reading a media story about DeSantis, it's false. Nine times out of ten, if you're reading a media story about Trump, it's false. Now, if you wanted my take on what's going to happen in 2024, I mean, the word on the street is Tim Scott's going to be on this show tomorrow. I think Tim Scott is still the best guy to lead this country because he can force us to have an honest conversation, a racial reckoning, if you will, on all of the garbage identity politics that have been dumped on the country in an effort to convince voters that America in 2022 is the same as America in 1822. I think Tim Scott has the best record, has the best story if it came to moving this country to productive and substantive terrain. I don't know what his fundraising capabilities are going to be. I don't know if he's going to decide to run in 2024, because right now everybody says, well, if Trump's running, I'm not running. And that's the right thing to say. Why? Because if you say you're running against Trump right now, you got to start running against Trump right now. That's the deal. That's why the media says, oh, DeSantis is getting Trump money. Trump's angling out DeSantis. They want them to start fighting now. To their credit, neither man has taken the bait. 
But if you wanted my honest-to-goodness opinion, I actually don't think and it, it, that Trump could win in 2024. I actually I don't think, uh, all things being equal, he could take this thing. You ought to be ashamed of Secretary. yourself. But the reason I say that is, again, I am not doing political talk radio. I'm doing sports talk radio. I tell you who's winning. I tell you who's losing. I tell you why. Okay, Trump's record is exponentially better than Biden. Biden is doing a terrible job in every way, shape, or form. We have a president that is clearly not all there. But that's not the discussion we're having here. Trump's not running against Biden. There's no world, none, zero zip zilch, where Joe Biden is running in 2024. Guy won't be running a 5K, let alone running, you know, for president. Won't be running water, let alone running the country. Joe Biden's got nothing. He's done. We know this. Okay, when you see his own party start to distance themselves, when you see AOC refuse to commit on whether or not she'd campaign for Biden. AOC is a dope. But she's smart enough to know success has a thousand fathers. Failure is an orphan. Joe Biden has been politically orphaned by his party, being politically orphaned by the media who are now starting to question his cognitive decline. It's hard not to when you fall three times on the way up the stairs, quit talking in the middle of the sentence. And oh, by the way, can't stand upright on a bicycle. That's a real problem, folks. Biden's lost his marbles. People know that. But it's not a referendum on whether or not Trump can beat Biden. The problem is, if Trump runs, the entire election will become a referendum on whether or not Trump did beat Biden. That's true. That is true. Trump doesn't have the emotional and verbal discipline to stop talking about 2020. That's his biggest challenge right now. He can't stop relitigating 2020. The problem he has is the same problem the Democrats have with keep with rehashing January 6th endlessly. The God's honest truth is nobody cares about either one because we're in such a dire position. People can't afford gasoline. Inflation is at a record 40-year high. Okay, the murder rate has spiked by 32 percent. The border's wide open. We've had 107,000 fentanyl poisoning deaths this year. Nobody cares about 2020. Nobody cares about January 6th. So you get a guy like a Ron DeSantis or a Tim Scott who's going to have a forward-facing vision for the country. The Republicans win this thing in a walk. They do Reagan numbers in 2024. If Trump gets in there, it's probably a winnable close election for the Democrats because as bad as the country is, people hate Donald Trump. That's not me saying I hate him. That's not me telling you to light up the phones and say, how dare I? I'm a rhino. You know, Jimmy Fallon, you got some balls. Okay, that's not my job. I'm not here to stump for a candidate. I'm here to move the country forward. And you can't watch a single solitary Trump interview without him attempting to move the country backwards. Doesn't mean I don't like him. Doesn't mean he wasn't a better president than Biden. Doesn't mean I'm not friends with a lot of people in his family. It just means as a guy who cares about the country, okay, we do need to move the ball forward. Because right now we have enough Democrats trying to move it backward with all this racial, you know, Identity politics garbage, which is why I think all things being equal, if Trump does get in the ring, he's going to wind up losing this thing because I don't think his party wants him as their nominee. And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. We've got Heather Robinson coming up in the next hour, Brian Brenberg as well. But right now, Fernando Amaldi, he was on MSNBC yesterday. And i got to play this one more time. If you wanted to understand 
how winnable this election is. This is what they've been reduced to over on MSNBC. They're now flat out saying, yeah, we know we've ruined the country, but it would be so much worse if we had the people back in power who didn't ruin the country. Listen to this desperation. It's clip 10. Look, I'm also upset about rising gas prices. I'm also upset about prices rising. But I also know that it's Vladimir Putin's fault that gas prices are rising and the supply chain issues that continue to bedevil around the pandemic as we get back to normal are impacting that. But the fundamental truth is, Tiffany, if you think the economy is tight now, if you think prices are a problem now, if you think gas is a problem now, wait till you see what it's like in a totalitarian, fascist, authoritarian government. Because you ain't seen Mm. nothing yet. And I say that as someone who comes from a Cuban family who go to Cuba now, ask me about gas prices in the economy over there. Go to Venezuela. Go to Russia. That was absolutely dreadful. Oh, if you think it's bad now, what if we put the people back in power who didn't do this? Did we have record high gas prices under Republicans? The answer would be no. 40 year high in inflation? The answer would be no. 32 year high in murder? The answer would be no. All time record in fentanyl overdose deaths? The answer would be no. Dude, we're living in the death of shame. And if you don't believe me, go play that Fernando Amaldi clip again. But this is what they've been reduced to because they've got nothing but nothing to sell the American people. You're right. And when you're right, you're right. And you, you're always right. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Here we go. Here we go. Comedy alive from the greatest country in the world broadcasting, as we always do. From the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City, it is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Fired up in this hour. Mike Pence, remember him? Pretty mild mannered guy. Mike Pence, of all people, picking up the challenge flag and throwing it at Joe Biden. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. I don't normally get into this kind of stuff, but Pence calling out Biden for being the most prolific liar. In presidential history. Come on, man. Now, I know a lot of people are saying, what do you mean? He worked for Trump. And listen, Trump was absolutely positively not throwing a perfect game in front of the microphone. I'm not going to, you know, kid you or me or anybody in between. But Pence is right to say that the gravity of Joe Biden's lies are really damaging every man, woman and child in this country. I agree with that. We're going to get into it in this hour because it's not often. It's not often you get a fired up Mike Pence uh, in the world of politics. You've got to get mad. All right, Pence, calm down. We get it. 888-788-9910 if you want to be a part of this conversation. Heather Robinson, she's a contributor at the New York Post. She is going to be a part of this conversation in this hour. We're also going to be talking to Brian Brenberg a little bit later on. If you do want to join in, the rules are the same every day. Uh, Be a Republican, be a Democrat, don't be a That is it. Uh, For those of you who are out in Missouri, the Missouri area, you want to come see me in the Lake of the Ozarks. I have to make this announcement. Uh, The live stand-up event I am doing on Friday, August 19th, at the Encore Grill in the Lake of the Ozarks. Tickets now officially, officially on sale. Oh, yeah, that's a big deal. 
That's a big deal. Uh, you can get them at Ticketmaster.com. Just pu punch in my name. Uh, or you can go to the EncoreGrill.com. Either way, uh, tickets. Friday night, August the 19th. You'll see some high security clearance members of the Fox Across America team in person. Uh, I'm going to do an hour or so of stand-up before they come out with the cattle prod and zap me off the stage. <laughs> oh! All right, no more jokes. Uh, but right now, uh, the joke being told is in Washington, okay? Everything's bad. You know that. I try to be like a beacon of positivity because the country's on fire. And I always say my responsibility to the public in this American moment is I always feel like everybody's on the verge of snapping and just turning into, you know, Michael Douglas in the movie Falling Down when he just gets out of his car in traffic and he's like, that's it, enough's enough. I'm trying to stave that off every day. So as bad as the news has been under Biden, I am trying to be upbeat about things, but there's a reality we all have to acknowledge. Things are bad under Biden. Okay, inflation's out of control. Gas is out of control. The border's out of control. The record level of fentanyl overdose deaths, okay, is out of control. And one of the main reasons why, and this is where I think the media could do a better job, is they're not even overdoses. The fentanyl coming across our southern border is killing people instantaneously, people who are, in fact, taking a recreational amount of drugs. I think one of the reasons so many parents are being stricken by this horror is because they think, well, my kid's not a junkie. He's not going to overdose. You know, I might smoke a joint here and there. But you've got to be really on top of this because in this day and age, these are not overdoses. These are poisonings. And I think if they were reported as poisonings, we might see a more proactive footing in this country right now. But regardless of how you slice it, there's been a dereliction of duty at the southern border that's allowed these drugs to get into the country. And they're wrecking havoc on everybody. So – when Biden gets out there and tells you the stories that he tells you, oh, it's not a recession. Fine, it's a recession. It's transitory. Fine, it's not going away, Trump. Okay, he's always, always trying to pass the buck, but these lies have consequences. Oh, it's not a border crisis. That's the Republicans. All right, it's a crisis. But those Haitian uh, migrants were getting whipped by border agents. That's the real problem here. You're like, no, no, it wasn't happening. Okay, he's lying. OK, uh, voting ID. That's Jim Crow on steroids. That's what it is. It's, I'm telling you, it's bad. It's Jim Crow on steroids. This is worse than when they denied black voters access to the polls through force, through the Klan, through mobs, through dogs, through literacy tests, you know, poll taxes, grandfather clauses. This is worse than that. He wants you to believe. I mean, these are brazen lies again and again and again. You know, remember when the George Floyd verdict came and went? The system worked. Derek Chauvin should have been sentenced to a life in prison. OK, the system worked in the Derek Chauvin case, but Biden still got out there on TV and said, what? All oh, the blinders have been ripped off for the world to see just how racist America is. Biden sucks. He really does, because America didn't kneel on George Floyd's neck. Derek Chauvin did a thug cop. We all wanted him held accountable. He was. It was a day to celebrate the system. It was not a day to condemn the entirety of America. But this is what he does. Biden is constantly running on, you should see the other guy. That's the deal with inflation. What does he tell you all the time? We had this Peter Ducey clip we played you yesterday. Biden keeps getting in front of a microphone and going, yeah, you know, inflation's bad. But you should see the rest of the world. Oh, it's so much worse. Except it's not so much worse worse. Bingo. Okay. We have the worst rate of inflation of every major industrialized nation, a rate of inflation exacerbated by maneuvers Joe Biden took at the beginning of his presidency. Okay. Declaring war on the fossil fuel industry, which is, of course, limiting the supply of gas in this country. 
driving up the prices as demand increased when the pandemic eased lockdown restrictions. Then you've just got this reality of print and spend economics, what he's calling his Build Back Better plan. Okay, the American Rescue Plan, which was $1.9 trillion to COVID relief. Only 9% of it went to COVID relief. What a fraud. Okay, but the San Francisco Fed, which is not exactly Mar-a-Lago monthly, said, hey, this is what started inflation. So Biden is responsible for inflation any way you slice it. You can tell me it's Putin's price hike, but that's a lie because prices were going up 14 months before Putin got involved. Okay, but he doesn't want to own any of these failures because he's a traditional politician that's more concerned about his poll numbers than your reality. Yesterday, he snapped on a reporter in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. Biden, that's right, he was storming the beach again. And she said, oh, you know, a lot of economists say, you know, we're heading towards a recession. And Biden was like, come on, you're acting like a Republican. Nobody says that. When, in fact, 70 percent of economists surveyed. We're going to talk about this with Brian Brenberg later in the show. 70 percent of economists say we're on the brink of a recession. That can't be good. But here is Biden saying those 70 percent don't matter. It's the other 30. Here it is. Clip one. Not the majority of them aren't saying that. Come on. Don't make things up. OK, now you sound like a Republican politician. I'm joking. That was a joke. That was a joke. But all kidding aside. No, I don't think it is. There's nothing inevitable about a recession. You're alive. Okay, he's telling her not to make things up as he's making things up. It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. And it got Mike Pence out of bed. Mike Pence! It's been in the news a lot lately, January 6th thing going on. We were covering that in the previous hour. Okay, but Mike Pence, for whatever you think of him, I don't care. It's not my job to make you like a politician on this show. But Mike Pence is a guy who cares about the country, and he realizes that there are real-time consequences to having a president that's so indifferent to the truth. You know, when Trump lies, it's fascinating because Trump lied. He told lies all the time. Trump's usually lying for egotistical purposes. Yeah, I could have been with that girl. You know, he exaggerates. It was the worst thing ever. It was the best thing ever. I'm the richest guy ever. Trump, believe me, talks out of his you-know-what all the time. So, again, it's no defense. But you understand that the Biden lies about your economy, about Jim Crow on steroids, about the border being fine as Americans are dying in record numbers, about Afghanistan being a success. When 13 service members died, we left thousands of Americans stranded behind enemy lines. And oh, by the way, we went to Afghanistan to stop it from becoming a breeding ground for terror groups. We left with a terror group in charge of the government sitting on $85 billion of our weapons. This could be a problem. Okay, understand his lies are of grave consequence. Nobody's lies are fine, but Joe Biden's lies are really just next-level garbage. Here's Pence throwing the challenge flag, clip five. I'm being very polite here, calling it falsehoods. Falsehoods, uh, you know, on any given day, he's out there saying stuff that just ain't true. You ever seen anything like that? Never in my lifetime. I said today that uh, um, there has never been a time in my life where a president was more disconnected from the American people than we see today. Now, again, for, for Mike Pence to say that, that's the equivalent of like you and me dropping like three F-bombs and throwing a wine glass at somebody like this is the real housewives of Fox News. OK, but he's telling you the truth. The brazen lies from Joe Biden, the brazen lies, Jim Crow on steroids. This is Jim Crow on steroids. You understand that Jim Crow on steroids. You're saying to the black community, these people running the government of Georgia hate you more 
than the people who violently attacked your ancestors to keep them from voting. He was willing to tell that lie. He was willing to move the Major League All-Star game out of Georgia, Georgia, in Atlanta, with the second biggest black metropolitan area in America, loses $100 million worth of commerce because the the Major League All-Star game skips town. They take it over to Denver. Denver, 9% black in that city. They get the 100%, excuse me, the $100 million worth of commerce. Okay, so in theory, screwing over the black community in Georgia. Now, I'm happy for the people in Denver, but here's a newsflash. When the All-Star game got to Denver, okay, an All-Star game that was traveling because voter ID was Jim Crow on steroids. Guess what they made you do when you went to pick up your tickets at the All-Star game in Denver? Show an ID. Oh, wow! Guess what else they made you do when you wanted to buy a beer from the beer guy? Show an ID. Oh, wow! This joke goes on for like an hour and a half. The punchline is vaccinations, in which you do have to show an ID also. But is asking someone for an ID when they get vaccinated vaccine suppression in the eyes of Democrats? No. The point is we're not having an honest conversation. And he's always willing to lie about things of grave consequence. When you tell people that that Georgia, they're literally out to get you. This is beyond the Klan. Okay, these lies not only inflame, okay, the society you're supposed to be governing, but they destroy your credibility. You know, Afghanistan was such an abject failure. Understand, he was above water in the polls before Afghanistan. But claiming it as a success is what ultimately destroyed his credibility with the American people. Biden's finished. There's no world where he gets off the mat now. They don't have the majorities in Congress to pass any meaningful legislation between now and the midterms. And they are going to lose everything known to man. I mean everything known to man in the midterms. That's true. That is true. At which point he just becomes a lamer, lame duck president than he is now. In truth... Didn't have to be this way for Joe Biden. He inherited a country that really just needed him to get the hell out of the way. Because when you look at the economy, it was poised to come roaring back because it had been artificially shut down by a pandemic. Okay, we didn't need anything to happen. If you look at the border, if you leave Trump's energy, you know, border policies in place, remain in Mexico, we had cut illegal border crossings by 80 percent. It means we don't have this crisis. If you look at the fuel industry, okay, gas was at a record low because we were energy independent. If he wanted to do anything in that moment, he should have been buying up more gas for our strategic oil reserves. So we had them. Instead, we're now in a position where we're depleting those same, you know, strategic oil reserves, things that weren't even meant for bad poll numbers. These were meant for an act of God. This was meant for a situation where we suffered a debilitating injury to our productivity. Okay, that's what it was for. Instead, now we're just using it because he knows people are mad at him about gas prices. But when he tells you, oh, he's doing everything he can, that's a lie. Okay, everything Joe Biden has done is based in a falsehood again and again and again. And I play it all the time. Trump, Biden said when he launched his campaign, it was a battle for the soul of our nation. Because Donald Trump failed to condemn neo-Nazis and white nationalists in Charlottesville. That was Biden's claim. And you had people, and I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists, because they should be condemned totally. But Biden's campaign launched on that premise. Oh, it's a battle for the soul of our nation. That's what he told us. That was a lie. And he told us, well, we, we were laughing during the campaign. We're like, well, if we win the battle for the soul of our nation, like, what does it get us? Like, can you pay a bill with that? Can you secure a border? Can you keep your kids safe? What exactly is redeemable if you win the battle for the soul of our nation? And as we come to find out, nothing, because that was a lie, just like everything else that comes out of the guy's mouth. 
Lighthouse girls sent Biden to bed early Because he's really old and he's senile He makes up so much crap the country's worried He's lying like it's going out of style You can't hide Joe Biden's lies For a while they made some try I thought by now they'd realize There ain't no way to hide Joe Biden's lies You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America. Your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon, trying to hold this country together. Got a lot of TV coming up this week. If you're around, I'll be on the Faulkner Focus tomorrow with the great Harris Faulkner. Uh, Friday, you can check me out on um, Friday, Thursday, on America Reports with the legendary Sandra Smith. Thursday night, back on the Tucker Carlson show right here on Fox News. Yo, this is a wild look for your radio buddy. Things are getting crazy, and none of it would be possible without you. So this is half a promotion, and this is half me singing Wind Beneath My Wings. I don't actually sing My Bet Midler Isn't What It Used To Be. People say I've lost a step. But we'll stay focused, because joining us now on the line, uh, an adult in the room if ever there was one, Reese is listening out in Sheridan, Wyoming. Yo, Reese! How you doing, Jimmy? Good, buddy. Uh, You know I love me some Sheridan, Wyoming. Did you know, by the way, that Dana Perino is from Wyoming? Sure did. Newcastle, Wyoming is where her uh, grandparents live. And you know what? We need to get you, my friend, out to Sheridan, Wyoming. Hold on. Sooner rather than later. You got to talk to my man, Tommy B. Uh, Listen, I pretty much get paid in beer. You tell Tommy B to get me a case of Meisterbrow. I might even bring Perino if you make that bargain. You know what? I know a guy, so I'll see what I can do. But listen, here, here, here's the deal. We got this. We got Cheney with this uh, hearing, and Cheney's gone. Mm-hmm. Cheney is gone come November. Yep. All no the way question gone. about it. Coming from the great state of Wyoming, and let me tell you what else. I think uh, I feel. I kind of feel sorry for Biden. You know, where is his family or friends that love the guy? Yeah. Like, if my father or my grandfather was like in as poor of condition as he is and just kind of losing it. Yeah. Like I would hope that somebody would step in and say, Hey dude, come on. You gotta, you gotta step off the stage now. Yeah. I listen. Uh, I agree. The problem is if he steps off the stage, Kamala Harris is your president. And I think they'd rather have a Biden. They can call the shots for than a Kamala who thinks she knows what she's doing. Cause she clearly doesn't, you know what I'm saying? I love Lincoln's uh, impression of Kamala. (laughs) (laughs) Just leave it at that, Reese. Leave it at that. Listen, you tell everybody at KROE that I'm coming out to Sheridan, Wyoming. Tommy B., if you're listening, me and Reese, we're planning a shindig. Great call, brother. We'll do it again soon, okay? All right. You're the man. I love you, buddy. There he goes, the great Reese. 
There we go. We're running into a commercial break. If you ever notice on this show, I just let you guys talk forever. I don't care. You can talk for an hour and a half. I'm lazy. I don't want to work. That's why I got you guys calling. Uh, but Heather Robinson from the New York Post calling us next. And we're going to have a grown-up talk about all things U.S. and A. Right here on the Big Bad One and Only Gluten-Free Fox Across America. One of the greatest travesties of all is to see a person in the White House who, even after years of political experience, has absolutely no clue how to be the President of the United States. And I hope he has recovered because, as you know, he fell off his bicycle today. No, I'm serious. I hope he's okay. Fell off a bicycle. I make this pledge to you today. I will never, ever ride a bicycle. (laughs) <laughs> president trump trolling joe biden and his exploits on a 10 speed uh joining us now on the show someone who would never poke fun at a president falling off a bicycle this is a real treat because she's a superstar contributor over at the new york post but if you're listening on some of our new affiliates out in beaver county pennsylvania uh this next guest currently drinking iron city light as we speak she is out in the berg heather robinson's here hey girl hey jimmy are, are you really drinking icy lights be honest with me in a few hours, I will be. Oh. I promise. <laughs> Listen, just don't don't ever feel self conscious about admitting to day drinking on this show because everybody just assumes <laughs> I am. <laughs> well, sometimes you know, one glass it, it does kind of you know relax the writer's block. Oh, there's that. See, now we're turning this into a TED talk. It's productive. It's not a TED talk. It's more <laughs> like a Johnny Walker talk. But stick with me, girl. Um, yeah, you know, let... Hemingway did mm-hmm. it, and you know, he he wrote some good stuff. So I've never never uh-huh. heard of him. I have to look him up. But uh, my my favorite Hemingway is still Molly. I'm a little biased here, but uh, she's wonderful, too. Oh, she is. I don't think she day drinks, but I could be wrong. Dude, she works at the Federalist. They're doing stronger stuff. But again, let me (laughs) let me stay on message. You know, something I haven't gotten into yet uh, with a lot of our Beaver County listeners. Um, Mm -hmm. What is the crime situation out there in the Berg compared to New York? And I ask this because Mm -hmm. women always tell me in New York City they don't feel safe. But a lot of that has Mm -hmm. to do with Andrew Cuomo. Um, Mm -hmm. But but, but (laughs) getting past being hit on by the former governor. No, what is what is it like out there in the Berg right now? Well, I think, Jimmy, that historically and, and even today, Comparatively speaking, the Bergs, you know, life is not fraught with terror in the Berg. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's pretty chill. Mm-hmm. However, you know, during the summer of 2020, I, you know, for the first time in my life that I was in the Berg, I, there were times, you know, that I, I felt and I know, you know, my mother, who's a tough lady who I've been living with. I mean, you know, she and I both, you know, were concerned because we had police cars being set on fire by Antifa five blocks away from Mm -hmm. where we live. And, you know, I think that, um, you know, the unrest and the the mayhem did spread to the Berg. And that's atypical because I think in general, Pittsburgh's, you know, I mean, it's Mr. Rogers town. It tends to be a town where people on the whole get along, not to say it's Mm Shangri-La, but, you know, we have different neighborhoods um, historically. Um, you know, things are much more uh, diverse now and, and, you know, more of a a melting pot now, fortunately. But, you know, historically we had 
you know, his, um, the Hill District was the, you know, black neighborhood where August Wilson, one of the greatest American playwrights, grew up. We have Squirrel Hill, Jewish neighborhood, Italian neighborhood, Bloomfield. And, you know, I think on the whole, it's fair to say crime rates were probably lower, mm-hmm. you know, in Pittsburgh than like in New York, yeah. you know. And I think that's still true, but, um, you know, I definitely have noticed in, you know, in the past couple years, mm-hmm. some um, some of the energy changing, which I, you know, I, I I'm sorry to see, and I think that um, you know the city's the city's a great town, mm-hmm. you know, people tend to get along, but it's you know like everywhere in the country, um, it's been suffering from I think the effects of some very misguided policy on the part of professional activists. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't defund the police and yeah. and completely demonize all police. And, you know, for the bad actions of a few and expect not to see crime increase. Oh, it's so true. We're talking to the brilliant Heather Robinson on the line. She is out in Pittsburgh. You know, you're talking about all the people who originated in Pittsburgh. This is a funny story. So on the day we launched on Beaver County Radio, I was telling the Mm -hmm. audience how Joe Namath, the Jets quarterback, is from Mm -hmm. Beaver Falls. Now, very harmonious story, you know, making jokes about the Jets. The last time they won a Super Bowl was Joe Namath. But you understand, like, I'm a New York guy. I come up in a a very passionate New York sports family. And my Mm -hmm. buddy Frank Sparks, who runs Beaver County, County Radio messages me thinking he's being a buddy and tells me that the former Red Sox manager Terry Francona is from New Brighton. And I'm like, mm. dude, I'm in a room full of Yankee fans. We don't hear a word about Terry Francona and the Red Sox. He's now managing the Guardians. But was my man Frank Sparks trying to start a fight with me? What was going on? What do you read that as a got person from the Berg? Was he just being nice or was he trolling me a little bit? Well, I know that football is a religion here, Jimmy. Mm, It starts in high school, you know, and I think I hear it similar in Texas. Um, But it's it's very, very uh, big part of the culture for Mm -hmm. sure. This is Steeler country, Mm -hmm. and people love them. And it's uh, you know the the whole idea of football being American football kind of being in the past. Well, not as far as you know Pittsburghers. No, no, no way. I mean, you listen. A cop once stopped me in Pittsburgh for driving without a terrible towel. He's like, you can't, you can't, you can't be on the road. He's like, you're in big trouble if you do this. No, I get it. Okay. Well, then, all right. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll read more into this. But here's the other question I was going to ask you, you know, being out there, but you're obviously you're observant of world events. Uh, mm-hmm. We're in this really weird moment right now where we've got so many things competing for our political interest that are big things. Obviously, you've got a Supreme Court ruling coming any minute now on Roe versus Wade and certainly a gun mm-hmm. issue there as well. We've got January 6th going on. But I still feel like, despite all of these big headlines, that the boots on the ground are more focused on things like gas and inflation. Is that the mm-hmm. vibe you get or is everybody mm-hmm. on the making oak tag for a protest sign right now? Where are they in the Berg on that one? Oh, for sure, Jimmy. People just, you know, are pretty down to earth around here. And, you know, people are aware of the world, but they, yes, I mean, the inflation's crazy. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I don't, I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't see how anyone can, I mean, unless you're a, you know, very insulated Beltway Democrat uh, who has, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars or more. I don't see how you cannot feel the pinch. Uh, what is it, eighty, ninety dollars? Yeah, I still barely drive. Well, I'm well, like that's a New Yorker. Well, not because you're a New Yorker. Let's let's not talk about it. But there are other reasons you barely drive. I don't want to bring the law into this. Let's just stay right. focused. But I mean, I I hear it from my friends, yeah. from you know, from my mom. Uh, you know, you fill up that tank, and you know, you gotta be prepared to you know give up 
something because it's just it's 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 crazy prices um you know it's tough on people yeah it is yeah we're talking to heather robinson uh if you don't like the way she drives stay off the sidewalk by the way but uh (laughs) i kid i kid but no you're right and i I think there's this thing going on in washington where and and i don't think this is specific to any one party but i think politicians you know their agenda is usually more important than the people's agenda but in this moment especially these days oh ever Mm -hmm. but it's like it's weird now heather because they're they're almost they're honest about it which is weird you know politicians (laughs) used to pretend to care now they're out there Mm -hmm. like flat out telling you well gas is expensive so let's do our electric car idea (laughs) and i'm like well that's clearly you trying to take advantage of our suffering and you're kind of being upfront about it which is very brazen and weird. I don't know if I like it or hate it, but there, it's, mm-hmm. there's a weird indifference. And the, the thing I keep coming back to is when inflation's like this, when gas is like this, if you're showing up to people struggling to pay bills and telling them mm-hmm. climate change, it really mm-hmm. is like almost infuriating because nobody cares about the weather tomorrow, let alone 50 years from now. And I think mm-hmm. it speaks to them just being so spectacularly out of touch. It would almost yeah. benefit them to go talk to real people. But every time you hear that conversation in the media, like, oh, we need to get out and connect more. Nobody's connecting. Never, ever, ever. They'll mm-hmm. get out and connect with a lobbyist or something like that. But I don't feel the connection or the effort from the media. Do you? No, I don't. And I think the the, the one leader we've had in recent times who – you know, made an attempt to represent the needs, uh, you know, of the working class mm-hmm. in this country, got driven out of town on a rail, and we oh. know who I'm talking about. Oh, so, man. I mean, I just, I yeah, I feel like people, you know, I've been spending time in Johnstown, Pennsylvania, too, mm-hmm. and I hear from people here that, you know, they don't feel politicians care about the working class mm-hmm. at all. No. I mean, they care about their votes, but they don't care about their prosperity. And it's hard to tell me otherwise because when you hear things like, oh, there's a shortage of baby formula, that should Mm -hmm. literally be the only news story we're covering. Like you think about it. Mm -hmm. You know, whenever there's a story where like a kid gets stuck in a well, okay, we all cover it. We all cover it live. Everybody Mm -hmm. goes to it live. And we should. We care about children. Mm -hmm. But the idea that – supposedly we care about children. Right? But yeah, the idea that – some of us do, but not many in power do not. No, I agree with you. I mean because the – I think it's – yeah. No, when you hear that, no, but when you hear 70% of, you know, parents are, are faced with a shortage of baby formula, that's a lot of children. And There's it's a lot not- of children and children getting killed in the crossfire of inner cities, mm-hmm. like happened on Juneteenth two days ago. A little 15 year old boy mm-hmm. shot, crying for his mother, you know? Yep. And all what we hear defund the police, defund mm-hmm. the police. Yeah. You know, what about his life? Yeah. You know, young black boy, American child, you know? Yep. And I just think these policies are not helping. They're certainly not protecting the vulnerable mm-hmm. in our society, whether it's defund the police, whether it's teach little tiny kids about sex, mm-hmm. whether it's, uh, you know, open those borders and, you know, don't ask too many questions about whether kids are being trafficked. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that a lot of these policies I really think are, you know, they don't really consider the children who are being grievously injured as yes. you know as part of a climate that's been created by the left oh it's so true so, no it's true and, and there's there's no world where i mean I, I expect them to get clobbered in the midterms but my frustration is you know there's a lot of life to be lived between now and then for a lot of people who aren't living their best life because of what you described 
But you know what, man? I, I am one. Uh, uh, mine is always a message of hope and optimism. I do feel a, a societal course correction coming because people realize it now and they're pushing back. So here's the last yeah. the last Berg question, and then you're on your way. You're free to go in peace. Um, fi- uh, Fourth of July in Pittsburgh. Do you guys get rowdy? What's the deal? Hopefully not rowdy, but you know we have a good time. We got a lot of. You know, macaroni salad and punch and icy light. And oh, girl. You know, we have a good time. And here in Johnstown, that we're about to have something called Thunder in the Valley oh. in, in anticipation of the 4th, which is like a big biker rally and concert. Oh, yeah. So that's going to be a, a blast. Uh-huh. So you, and, yeah, life life continues in, in the heartland. And, you know, people mm-hmm. just, you know, keep the faith. Yeah, right, they do. So send me a picture of your Harley when you get the Thunder in the Valley. I'm interested. <laughs> I picture you as more of a chopper rider than, you know, maybe like a traditional, you know, bike. But uh, I'll be surprised me. You can surprise me one way or the other. I'm sure it's dazzling, whatever you came up with. Okay, okay. It's a bit of a, a bit of an adventure for me as a New York, you know, lady, but uh, you know, I'm open to it. You know, we're living the, <laughs> the last you motorcycle know? you rode was in front of a supermarket. You had to put a quarter in it. Is that what you're telling me? Actually, it was an ATC that I flipped over in when I was 15, but that's another wow. story. No, but wow, you really you know? do ride like Joe Biden. We've come full circle. <laughs> We've come full circle. <laughs> Oh, Heather Robinson. You're the cat's pajamas. Let's do it again soon, girlfriend. Be well. Let's, let's, Jimmy. Happy fourth. You you know it, girlfriend. There she goes. The great Heather Robinson. If you're out in Beaver County, about Beaver County, listening on the radio, you listen on WJS, uh, go track down Heather Robinson. I mean, if, you know, you can do so politely. She's the coolest of the cool. Uh, Writes for the New York Post. Dan, good friend of the show. And uh, I always love talking to her because she's like a, it's a lot like me. We always approach these stories from how it's affecting regular people. You know, analysis comes at you from a lot of different levels. Like if you're watching cable news, some people, if you'll notice, every time they cover a story, they're talking to you about the political implications. Well, this is going to be bad for the Democrats. It's going to be good for the Republicans. You know what I mean? Or they're coming at it from a media standpoint. Oh, the media always does this. Could you imagine it was right wing guy? Blah, 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 blah. I am always, if you follow my analysis, driven to how it affects you personally and trying to find the human element in what we do. And that's what I love about Heather Robinson. And uh, she's doing that because she's a genuinely good person. Uh, I'm doing that because I don't know what I'm talking about half the time. So if I just stick to the nuts and bolts on the ground, you're like, wow, this Fela kid's pretty sharp. Uh, but all things considered, I am a hot mess. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, sir. I don't know. It served me well so far. We'll stick with it when we come back. It's the show that never hits the books. I love the poorly educated. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl. It is Fox Across America with your buddy Jimmy Fallon. Trying to hold this country together. I'm bringing in Brian Brenberg in the next hour. He is an associate professor of economics over at the King's College. He speaks fluent economy. And anyone who does in this moment is saying that the people in charge right now just have no idea what they're doing. Okay, here's Janet Yellen. And I'm just telling you this because I care. Biden's a really bad politician in that he's damaging his own credibility by not owning some of the failures in this country. I said this after Afghanistan. Should have fired a general. That way you separate yourself from what we all knew to be an abstract, abject failure. Same thing with the economy. We know inflation's crushing people. We know gas is out of control. Don't get on TV and tell us it's going good. Say your advisor screwed up and fire them. 
But instead, he's telling us, no, no, it's, it's going to be okay. Don't worry about it. We're, we're changing people's lives. Do you remember that one? I mean, it's bananas. Okay, but here is Janet Yellen. He should fire her. Okay, flat out telling you, uh, you know, the economy is going to slow, but, you know, Putin's price hike and, you know, it doesn't mean we're going to have a recession. Okay, we're pretty much in a recession. Bottom line. Okay, but here is clip 10 to start us off. Inflation is really unacceptably high. Part of the reason is Russia's war on Ukraine, his boosted energy and food prices in the United States and globally. It's important to recognize that the United States is certainly not the only advanced economy suffering from high inflation. We see it in UK. We see it Uh, In France, Germany, Italy, the causes of it are global, not local. Supply chain uh, snarls, partly resulting from lockdowns in China, are also boosting inflation. These factors are unlikely to diminish immediately. You gotta do better than that. You understand she's not proposing a solution. When she gets asked about the problem, she just keeps passing. Well, Putin, the supply chain, the pandemic... Every economist says that inflation started in America when Biden passed his $1.9 trillion America rescue plan. That is financial lunacy. Why is it financial lunacy? Because we had an economy that was poised to come roaring back after the pandemic. It didn't need the government to get in the way. But you understand Biden ran on, uh, we're the good guys. We care. We're going to give you stuff. So that's what they did. They started to give away stuff. But unfortunately, none of it's free. You all wind up getting the bill for it. Thanks, big government weenuses. Okay, even in this moment when they're talking about things like, oh, we'll suspend the gas tax. Okay, you wind up paying that money down the road in a bigger tax increase. Just hold on to your pocketbook. They just put a lien on your money, your savings and your retirement. But here is Peter Alexander. He was on Meet the Press. He's NBC's chief White House correspondent. And he said every Democrat feels like they just don't have a plan in this White House. It's clip 11. But what struck me in the conversations I've had over the last several days is the real frustrations, Chuck, among some Democrats. Talking to a leading Democratic lawmaker right now, there was a rare in-person presentation uh, earlier this week where some of the White House officials went to the Hill. It was not not well received. They said there was no strategy, no plan. This lawmaker said to me, we need to see the president be decisive. And they really feel like there's decision paralysis on some of these key issues like tariffs and on student loans. So what he's saying to the White House is, No, 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 you're doing it all wrong. They're doing it all wrong. We're going to discuss it with Brian Brenberg next. But the one exception I would take to what he said is they do have a plan in this White House, and that's to blame everyone on earth but themselves. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, would you look who came to work today? It is the big bad, one and only Fox Across America. Your home for top shelf radio in a bottom feeding political world. And that race to the bottom picking up speed in this hour as it pertains to our economy. We're now having a debate over whether or not we're in a recession. That's the hot talk in the White House. Not a recession. Like it's an NFL game. Is it a catch? Did he make a football move? 
Did he get two feet in bounds? This is what we've been reduced to as the world's greatest economic superpower. It's a dumb time to be alive. But if there's anybody who can wisen things up, it is the guest we'll have in this hour, Brian Brenberg, an associate professor of economics at the King's College, a Fox News contributor, and a guy who speaks fluent economy. What I mean by fluent economy is he's very much focused on the nuts and bolts, what we're doing wrong, what we could be doing better, you know, why this isn't working, why that is, stuff like that. You know, right now the commonality is that nothing's working. And one of the big moves being bandied about in Washington by Joe Biden is that he's going to repeal the federal gas tax. Oh, Lordy Lord, he's desperate. Now, the reason we do say he's desperate is because this is something Barack Obama himself Remember Barack Obama, guy won two terms in the White House with an empowering message of yes, we can, which, by the way, would make him like a right wing strongman in the current era of incentivized victimhood and government dependency. They'd be like, what do you mean? Yes, we can. No, we can't. Systemic racism. Oh, it's bad, Obama. Check your half white privilege. That's what they'd tell him. Can't be telling people. Yes, we can. They're not going to depend on the government if we tell them they can do it themselves. What are you talking about? But Barack Obama famously, famously. Back in 2008, said having a gas tax holiday, which is what we're floating right now. He said a gas tax holiday was a gimmick. I'm going to play this for you because it's so illustrative of the biggest problem facing this presidency is it's completely unmoored and untethered to any principle whatsoever. This is not okay an administration that's trying to solve your problems. It's an administration that's trying to get credit for trying to solve your problems. Understand. Like student loan forgiveness, you know, all right, we'll give people $10,000 worth of student loan and we'll forgive it. But the debt doesn't go away. The college doesn't say, hey, we forgive you. No, no, no. The bill just gets passed on to the taxpayer. The debt isn't actually forgiven. You're just now passing the debt on to people who didn't actually accrue that debt. This is, you know, student loan forgiveness because the taxpayers pay it. This is the equivalent of Applebee's sending you a bill in the mail for a meal you didn't even eat. Like, if you're going to do that, at least put some chicken fingers in the envelope, Biden. And that's where we are. You're not actually addressing the core issue with student loan forgiveness, which is the soaring cost of college tuition. No different than the federal gas tax. If you suspend the gas tax, that doesn't address the issue driving this, which is supply and demand. It just buys you a couple of weeks at the polls of people not being so mad at you because the prices went down 18 cents a gallon. But you understand they're going to go back up. And the bigger issue here is we've already tried this gimmick with the strategic oil reserves. When Biden started releasing a million barrels a day from the strategic oil reserves, okay, that was back March the 31st. Okay, gas is up almost a dollar eighty since then. So the gimmick, which was, again, designed to help him politically, did not help you economically because it didn't confront the issue head on. Here is Obama, okay, back in 08, telling you the gas tax holiday was a gimmick. Clip four. We don't know that the oil companies will actually pass on the savings. So you're saving 5% in terms of the gas tax. It's not clear what would prevent the oil companies from just jagging up prices 5%. So you end up giving them more money, and we've drained the highway trust fund. Now, this is the problem with Washington. We're facing a situation where oil prices could hit $200 a barrel. Oil companies like Shell and BP just reported record profits for the quarter, and we're arguing over a gimmick to save you half a tank of gas. Over the course of the entire summer, 
so that everyone in Washington can pat themselves on the back and say that they did something. Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. Big trouble. Do you understand? That's exactly what this is. Obama is right. I don't agree with Obama every day. Don't be thick, all right? But I don't agree with him every day, okay? For the most part, I thought his was a gimmick presidency in that he had become like a hot topic thing. He ran on hope and change, and yes, we can, and he had the media in his back pocket, and they never dare uttered a bad word about this guy. In that regard, Obama was very overrated. There are white folks, and then there are ignorant mother like you. But even a guy like Obama, who wasn't exactly an ace when it came to policy, guy gave Iran access to $50 billion in cash assets, the biggest state sponsor of terrorism in the world. Here's $50 billion. Just promise us, even though you chant death to America 17 times a day, that you're not going to use this to enrich uranium and we'll take your word for it. That's stupid. Use your common sense. Again, not a policy ace. But what he just said that there was very prescient. Okay, they wanted to suspend the gas tax so everyone in Washington could pat themselves on the back and celebrate the illusion that they were helping you at the pump. They're not helping you at the pump because that federal gas tax that goes away, number one, it's supposed to be taking care of roads and bridges and tunnels. But number two, you wind up paying it back with interest. Number three, the issue of supply and demand isn't addressed. So there is no world where repealing the gas tax is helpful to Americans long term. But which makes perfect sense that Joe Biden would be out there in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware, saying, "Eh, we're going to decide by the end of the week. Okay, here it is. Clip two. Well, I hope I have a decision based on data I'm looking for by, uh, by the end of the week. Mm-hmm. We have a chance here to make a fundamental turn toward renewable energy, electric vehicles, and, and not just electric vehicles, but across the board. I mean. What an idiot. Okay. Flat-out idiot. Because what is he doing there? Still pushing his agenda. Nobody cares about your agenda. Oh, we got a chance to switch to green energy. That's, oh, is that what it's called? I can't afford gas right now. I can't feed my family. Don't look at it as that. Look at it as a chance to switch to green energy, which we don't actually have the capability of implementing, which happens to be the biggest economic bone we could ever give China. They're making all the minerals. They're creating all the infrastructure. And, oh, by the way, what powers these cars? I think he's got a point. Seriously, how do you power the electric? They never want to answer that question. But here is dopey Janet Yellen. Again, she was on ABC on Sunday. Says, oh, certainly worth considering the gas tax holiday. Here it is, clip three. Several in Congress are calling for a gas tax holiday as prices average around $5 a gallon. Is that on the table? Well, look, we're, you know, President Biden wants to do anything he possibly can to um, help consumers. Gas prices have risen a great deal and it's clearly burdening households. So he stands ready to work with Congress. And that's an idea that's certainly worth considering. Get her out. Get her out of here. I mean, it's not worth considering. And if you don't believe me, again, ask Barack Obama about the gas tax. Let's play it one more time. Clip four. We don't know that the oil companies will actually pass on the savings. So you're saving 5% in terms of the gas tax. There, it's not clear what would prevent the oil companies from just jagging up prices 5%. So you end up giving them more money, and we've drained the highway trust fund. Now, this is the problem with Washington. We're facing a situation where oil prices could hit $200 a barrel. 
Oil companies like Shell and BP just reported record profits for the quarter, and we're arguing over a gimmick to save you half a tank of gas over the course of the entire summer so that everyone in Washington can pat themselves on the back and say that they did something. I mean, listen, he's telling you the truth. This is what Biden wants to do. He wants to go back to Rehoboth Beach and pat himself on the back for doing something. But is he doing anything at all when it comes to helping you? The answer would be no. Here's Margaret Brennan. She's on Face the Nation, and she's calling out the Biden White House on inflation as a whole and saying, how do you, in fact, win any credibility because you don't have any? This is clip six. So a number of um, economists, I want to put up a, a chart of inflation here for our audience to see, um, measured by the Consumer Price Index. So from the beginning of the pandemic through now, and as you can see, the tick up began a good year before the war in Ukraine began. A number of economists, including at the San Francisco Fed, have said that the tremendous fiscal spending that went underway, the $6 trillion in two years, did add to that, including, as you can see right on there, the $2 trillion uh, that the Biden administration pushed through in the spring of, of 2021. So when people look at that and they say, well, the White House told us why, that inflation would be transitory. The White House told us we could go through with this kind of spending and we'd be fine. Even when so then your own party were warning this would add to inflation. How do you win credibility here to the public and say this time we're not wrong? And you want to know something? There's not an answer. <laughs> Larry Summers flat out says it's going to be a recession. Here it is, clip eight. Nothing is certain and all economic forecasts have uncertainty. My best guess is that a recession is ahead. I base that on the fact that we haven't had a situation like the present with inflation above four and unemployment below four without a recession following within a year or two. Listen, he's telling you the truth. But the biggest reason why a recession is ahead goes back to gas. The Biden attitude, okay, if you ever had to feed a child, OK, if you ever had to feed like an infant and they don't want to eat the food, so they turn their head away like, nah, nah, you know what I mean? And they keep their mouth shut and they yell and scream at you and they won't like open up and take it. So you have to do like the airplane with the spoon to make it interesting. Like, oh, look at the airplane coming in. And you got to, you know, you got to like trick the kid into eating the food, make it entertaining. So he'll open his mouth and you can just shove the frickin' <laughs> spoon in there. Eat your damn formula, Lincoln. Shut your mouth. But that's what you have to do. You have to like trick him into eating the food. Biden, when it comes to domestic oil production, they're the little kid. They keep turning their head away from it. They'll try anything but drilling. Oh, we'll suspend the gas tax. We'll push green energy. We'll go to Saudi Arabia. Hat in hand. We called them a pariah nation. We said they're killing journalists. They are. They have the worst human rights abuse record in the world, with all due respect to China. The Saudis and China go toe-to-toe, day in and day out. Okay, when you talk about titans of horrible industry, okay, those two countries always ranked one and two in the BCS. But the bottom line is, okay, gas is the driving force behind everything. Everything. Because when it costs more money to ship goods, it costs more money to buy goods. But because they will not betray their agenda, their agenda, their ideology is more important than your prosperity. You have to know that. OK, I'm not saying this is a Republican. I'm not saying this is like, oh, Fox News guy going after the Democrats I'm saying that because of the facts. They won't increase production here. Won't do it because of the environment. 
because of the wackos who think they know what the weather's going to be doing 50 years from now. They're crazy. Biggest joke in the world is, ah, oh, weatherman, what a good job. You're wrong all the time. You still get to keep your job. It's the most cliched joke ever told. In a world where we all unanimously accept that the weatherman doesn't know what's going to happen in three days, we're somehow supposed to believe that the Democrats know what's going to happen to the weather in 50 years. They have no idea. All they know is they make money off of this. All they know is they reconfigure our economy off of this. All they know is that they impose burdens on you and your family but don't adhere to any of them. They're flying around in private jets. Nobody's cutting back on their own lifestyle. They're just asking you to cut back on yours, pushing green energy because there's tons of money to be made by people who own stock, by people who have a financial interest in the solar and the wind and everything in between. If this was really about the environment, we're pushing nuclear all day long. It's cleaner, it's cheaper, it's safer. Are we having any conversations whatsoever about nuclear? The answer would be no. Of course not. But in the short term, if you cared about Americans, you boost domestic energy production. But they won't do it. They'll go to Saudi Arabia. They'll go to Venezuela. Places that, oh, by the way, burn fuel filthier than we do. So by keeping the consumption the same but exporting the production to other parts of the world, We're making more pollution than we would if we drilled it here at home. Never mind that to get it here, we now have to pay for fuel just to ship it. Okay, we are polluting more in this moment by embracing green energy. And we're also driving up your oil prices. So when Biden says dopey things like, oh, we're going to repeal the gas tax again, it is the gimmick Barack Obama described it as in 2008. It's a way for D.C. lawmakers to pat themselves on the back about doing something while doing absolutely nothing in truth. When everybody's eyes open and the alarm clock goes off and we wake up, gas is still going to be five nineteen a gallon. Hey, Mr. Gasoline Man, give a loan to me. I'm not wealthy. And there is no way I'm paying you. Hey, Mr. Gasoline Man, throw a bone to me. Prices go up every morning and I'm totally screwed. Though I know Biden's a liar, his head is in the sand. Doesn't have a plan. Blames everyone he can, but he's the problem. And Kamala confuses me, her brain is so empty. They push green energy. It is plain for all to see that they're both clueless. Hey, Mr. Gasoline Man, give a loan to me. I'm not wealthy, and there is no way I'm paying you. Gasoline man, throw a bone to me. Prices go up every morning, and I'm totally screwed. Don't go anywhere. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We'll be right back. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I tell you all the time, this is our show. Everybody has a voice. 
including this next guest, who I met up in Vermont this past Friday at the Spanked Puppy, who gifted me an amazing cookbook. Uh, we didn't get a lot of time to talk about it, but I promised her that if she called into the show, we could do some time. So this is me keeping a quick campaign promise. Randy is on the line in Richmond, Vermont. Yo, Randy. Good afternoon, Jimmy. How are you? Better now. Jenny Fallon was very excited to receive your cookbook as well as uh, the Joe Biden inflation uh, portion size plate that you gave me. We thought that was really funny. Oh, good. I, I'm glad you got that because we are going to order sets of those so we can feed our family with portion control, thanks to Joe. <laughs> well, that might be the one upside to the Biden presidency is everybody here at Fox is always telling me I have to stop eating. Biden might have found a way to slow down my intake. It's so expensive. And, you know, some of it's not even on the shelf when I go to get it these days. But really quickly, because I have a quick minute before I get to the, the yeah. next commercial break. What is the name of your book? Randy's mm-hmm. with the R-E-N-D-I. Mm-hmm. Randy's Country Kitchen Cookbook. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm an Army veteran. I've traveled all around the world. I published this cookbook in 2019, just before the pandemic hit. It simmered its way to number one on the Amazon's cookbook charts. Mm -hmm. And then COVID hit, and I couldn't do any book signings. Oh, the heck. um, Yeah, so uh, I just kind of put it on hold. And it's only $11.99, and it's easy gourmet recipes that anyone can cook. And the key to eating is not to eat less, but to eat healthy. Hey, Randy, you sound like my life coach now. I love this. Uh, Let's do it again because we are going to hit a commercial. But you got to check out Randy's book. Get going, Fox Across America. We're back with Brian Brenberg next. If you're looking to save money on a bicycle safety course, get on down to the Joe Biden School of Cycling, where the only thing falling faster than the prices is the instructor. Uh Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. The Biden School of Cycling makes sure every tire has plenty of inflation. I want every American to know that I'm taking inflation uh, very seriously, and it's my top for domestic priority. And we've got locations all across the country, including the state of dementia. I am uh, I am very willing to let the American public judge my physical and mental fil- my physical as well as my mental fil- fitness. The Joe Biden Bicycle Safety Course, because with gas prices this high, every American is getting taken for a ride. We're changing people's lives. Oh, it is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, fired up to talk to this next guest. He is, of course, a professor of economics at the King's College, a Fox News contributor. A lot of people don't know this, but he graduated from the Joe Biden School of Cycling. Brian Brenberg, pedaling in. (laughs) Hey, man. (laughs) Jimmy, what's up, man? Hey, I want to know, what was your dream bike as a kid? Oh, I bet you had one out there on Long Island. Was it a Diamondback, a GT? What was it? Yeah, I love that you come on my show and take over and ask the questions. You know, <laughs> Brenberg really has really he's really feeling himself. These I remember Brenberg when he used to just come on and you know give me short one word answers. Now he just took over the show. It was a Schwinn. Are you happy? It was a Schwinn. My my dad had a blue ten speed Schwinn. But you know what my first bike was for real. Um, back then people, you know, they used to build like hybrid bikes when kids were buying like mongooses and stuff. We took, um, a bicycle frame that was probably, you know, 
Uh, it might have even been a Schwinn originally, and they, they brought me mags. For real, my childhood bicycle, Brenberg, was amazing because what we did is we spray-painted a bicycle frame. We bought yellow mags and got me, like, yellow hand grips and stuff, and it was gangster. And it didn't cost anything, but every kid on the block thought I had, like, a custom bad boy bike. How about that? <laughs> Uh, just like it's just like the jackets you wear, it's just like the shoes you wear. Everything's got to be custom. You Jimmy Fallon's going to stand out in the crowd. You better believe it. But you brought this question up because I'm assuming you had a dream bike. So what was Brenberg rocking? Well, I, I, so mine was also a Schwinn. I always wanted a Schwinn Predator. You remember the Predator, oh, yeah. kind of the BMX? Yes. And I, you know, never, ha- I, I never had one as a kid. You know, because they kind of had the the '80s colors on mm. them. You know, kind of the bright neon colors and. But so um, when my kids got old enough to ride bikes, I went out and found a bunch of old Schwinn Predators and I bought them Schwinn Predators, which I really love. My kids never ride their bikes because uh-huh. they think it's lame because the bikes are from the 80s. But yeah. we've got a great collection of Predators sitting in the garage. Right yeah, now. Well, it's, you know, it's, it's also hard to ride to school with a name like the Predator. You know what I mean? It doesn't, it doesn't, why don't you just buy them a white van and fill it with candy, Brenberg? Come on, man. Come on, play some defense. I knew, I knew you were going to take it there. I knew you were going to take it there. Uh, Jimmy, I don't don't crush my drink. Yeah, that'd be too funny. Well, uh, my explanation from the Biden White House is that he forgot to take his foot out of the pedal. What are you doing on a bike if you might forget to take your foot out of the pedal? Because even when I hear, oh, my right foot got stuck, his left foot's still a thing, no? <laughs> Look, I mean, yeah, it's like, well, I, I forgot to take my foot out of the pedal. I, I don't know. Should you be operating any machinery <laughs> if you're forgetting what to do with your hands and your feet? I mean, situation? yeah, think about that. If you're driving, oh, I forgot which one was the gas and which one was the brake. Okay, no big deal. No big deal. That's not how this works, you know. But it's crazy because, and I'm sure you've heard this bandied about, but like, has there ever been a better metaphor for a presidency than him just free falling off a bike, no attempt to even protect himself? And I say that because I really am fascinated as a politician that he hasn't made a better effort to protect himself and his credibility by, you know, firing people that are between him and some of the crises. You know, I said after Afghanistan, if he fires a general, at least he admits that it's a disaster and we all know it is. And he shows some real right. leadership and a claiming accountability in this moment. I mean, if you're Joe Biden, how could you not fire Janet Yellen? I, I totally agree with that. You know, I look at the economy and I look at the folks that he's got out there trying to message this thing and just you got to let him go i mean you you need such a u-turn right now really the only way you can make that kind of u-turn is to completely clean house Mm -hmm. in terms of who's there i was listening to janet yellen um i think it was just this past weekend maybe yesterday talking about whether recession is um whether we're going to have a recession and she says oh recession isn't imminent don't worry recession isn't imminent she said Mm -hmm. jimmy we the economy shrunk last quarter. Yeah. You know, we, we've already popped one button on the shirt. You know, yeah. the, the thing's not going to pop one more and you're not going to be able to put it on anymore. That's where we are. And she's saying recession's not imminent. You got you got one foot in it right now. We're probably actually in a recession right now. I hate that that's the case, but I would bet we're in a recession right now. We'll find that out when we get GDP numbers for the second quarter. 
But here she is out there saying it's not imminent. What are you talking about? She's got to go. I mean, he's got to let her go, and I, for some reason he won't. Well, you know what it is? I really think in this version of politics, nobody wants to admit to a mistake because they're worried about the long-term political consequences. But there's more damage being done, or maybe the short-term political consequences. There's more damage being done in not just owning certain failures because it's your credibility that takes a hit too. Like, you know, without getting into Afghanistan, he was above water. He was at 53 percent going into Afghanistan. Afghanistan. But when it ended, he was below deck because he was telling people what their eyes had told them wasn't true, that it was successful. And it's the same thing now when he's yelling about the economy. I don't want to hear about reckless spending. We're changing people's lives. No, he's right. There were a lot of people out there that didn't plan on selling nude photos on OnlyFans that are now doing it. (laughs) Biden has changed their lives. You can't argue. He's changing lives. You know, Brenberg, maybe not for the better, but they're changing. Yeah, like change. That's always the deal. When you use the word change, the people who always use that word forget that you can change for the worse. That was like the Obama thing. Hope and change, right? Like, ah, yeah, but change can get worse. No, look, there's a there's a personnel is policy. You know, I think that I think that was a Reagan line, but others have said it. But personnel is policy and people know. When you change who's in the seat, what you're really saying is we're going to go a different direction. Okay, and this is a moment where the Biden administration has got to change policy. And the best way to do that, to signal it and to do it is to change who you've got in the seat. Look, you know, I don't know what Larry Summers is doing these days, the Harvard economist, Mm -hmm. but he's been the one guy on the Democratic side for a better part of a year now saying, guys, inflation is going to get much worse. You need to do something differently. You know, he's been he's been Treasury Secretary for I don't know if he wants a job. Get rid of Yellen and bring a guy like him him in so everybody knows, okay, somebody's coming in who actually is clear eyed about what's going on. Somebody out there's gotta be somebody out there who can start acting like they're paying attention to reality so people can get just like a little more comfortable that the change we're going to get could possibly be good. Oh, it's so true because right now we're in this moment when it comes to the economy. It's the scene from Airplane where the guy, where the stewardess goes, does anybody on board know how to fly an airplane? we've we've reached that point with our economy does anybody know how because i don't believe they do this is what i wanted to ask you brian brenberg is on the line if you're just joining us he wrote in on the schwinn predator and we're having a nice conversation about the economy um but i played a clip earlier for our audience just to spell out the scope of how stupid and incompetent things are in washington it's a clip from barack obama himself in 2008 explaining that suspending the federal gas tax is a gimmick because it lets lawmakers pat themselves on the back, but it doesn't confront the issue of supply and demand. So on, in some regard, it's such a bad idea, it makes sense that they're considering it. But do they think they're kidding anybody if they suspend the gas tax? Because we wind up paying it back with interest, number one. But number two, it's like releasing barrels from the strategic oil reserve. It still doesn't yeah. address the core issue, no? I mean, think, just think how stupid – this administration must think the American people are to, to, to pull this, to yeah. pull the gas tax on top of the strategic petroleum reserve, on top of the, the ethanol blend changes they made. I mean, it's been one gimmick after another. The only conclusion you can reach is these guys kind of look out on the horizon of the American electorate and they say, these guys, these people are really stupid. Yep. And if we just do one more pretend thing, they're going to buy it. 
You know, and that, that's, I think, the biggest problem. This, we're supposed to be a country based on self-governance, mm-hmm. an electorate that, you know, look, everybody, we've got all kinds of people in this country. But the point is, we're, we're supposed to have people who can look at the data, make a decision, vote for the people who are going to put good policies in practice. And the guys at the top, the guys that we're voting for are starting from the fundamental premise that Americans are complete idiots. That, that, that to me is the bigger problem that we face right now. <laughs> well, if those 81 million votes are legitimate, and we are to assume they are, uh, they're not wrong. <laughs> they're not wrong that we got a lot of idiots out there. Because if you voted for this guy, I mean, it really is. It, it's it's amazing in theory because, you know, we didn't subject him to any scrutiny on the campaign trail. That's my favorite story is everyone's trying to, with a straight face, debate whether or not Biden's running in 2024. He didn't run in 2020. Okay. <laughs> You know that. I know that. Most moms campaign harder to be president of the PTA than he did to be president of the United States. We know that to be true. And uh, if he had to subject himself to the rigor of a 300 appearance presidential campaign, there's no way it could happen. I mean, in the sound bites would be endless in terms of the ridiculousness. Uh, but there's no world where he's running again. But it's for so many factors, one being his age. And the bigger one, I think, in this moment is just the incompetence. And you can see people start to distance themselves. Like when Don Lemon starts calling out Biden's competency and his acuity uh, to Corinne Jean-Pierre, okay, that's a moment. Because understand, Don Lemon, if you're a Democratic president, is your ride-or-die homie. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's with you. You know know how they say, like, friends help you move, real friends help you move bodies? He's that friend for a Democratic president. And when he's turning on Corinne Jean-Pierre, and she was like, I don't know where everybody gets this from. We can't even keep up with the guy. He's so energetic. The next day, he falls off his bicycle. (laughs) Unbelievable. But what what is seriously what 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 is Don Lemon take him? Who's next? Like who? He's abandoned Biden. He says yep. Biden's gone. We got it. That charade is over. Weekend at Bernie's. It's Monday. Okay. <laughs> so who who is he looking for? Like who is the guy? Who who is the person in line who's going to change direction? Because Biden's here's the thing. Biden's done everything Don Lemon has asked for. Has he not? <laughs> you want to laugh about that? Yes. No, you're spot on. Spot on. Spot on. So listen, here's a good point. We were playing this clip last week. It's so funny because it's it's a it's a two part Joe Scarborough clip. And this this echoes what you're saying about Lemon in terms of him doing what you want to do. So we have this clip of Scarborough screaming and yelling about Joe Manchin for blocking the full five and a half trillion dollars Biden wanted to spend. You dig? And he's, you know, they ought to be locked in the room. And if they can't make a deal on this five trillion, Manchin should be paraded out in front of reporters and made to own the fact that he's the one in the way of us spending five trillion dollars. And then the other half of the clip is is Joe Scarborough from last Tuesday uh, flat out saying, well, you got to applaud Joe Manchin because this inflation would have been so much worse. (laughs) If Biden got his way, no one's even listening to themselves anymore. That's the point. Uh, it is. It's, uh, and they just assume nobody else is like yep. can pay attention from two weeks ago either. That's it. Yep. It's just like there's such condescension in the media and there's such condescension from the White House. They, they can't they, they won't even try to understand what it's like when you're paying 
you know, five bucks for gas and five and a half for diesel. And you're staring down the barrel of electricity prices late summer and into the winter. that are going to be through the roof. They just, they don't even want to understand that. And, and I actually, I just think the electorate gets that at this point. That's what the polls suggest. People are like, these guys just don't care. And that's patently obvious now. Yeah. It's going to end bad for them. Uh, Did you take the Brenbergs to see Top Gun Maverick? Gosh, I have not. It, it's I get back to Minnesota and I like I I just I'm stuck in the woods. Oh yeah, you know, I just true. can't get I can't get out of the woods. It's <laughs> well, where not, you are, they're still like showing I, the original. I get on the canoe. Yeah, with, where you are, they're still showing the original Top Gun in theaters. That's like a new release. I mean, that's the thing. I'm just <laughs> I, I'm I'm really excited to meet this new guy named Val Kilmer. I think he's going to be good as Iceman. <laughs> so uh, we're get we're getting pumped for that. No, I want to see it though. Like mm-hmm. I want to see I want to see it. I mean, it's. I've been I went on this Val Kilmer kick when I knew this was coming out. So it's like I've 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 watched every movie the guy's done. I know he's only a bit player in this one. So hold on. So you're telling you are you telling me Timmy Brenberg had to watch The Doors? No. Okay. Oh my gosh. Come on. I don't need Timmy Brenberg smoking peyote in the woods. Come on, he's a good kid, Brian. (laughs) Play some defense here. (laughs) He's kind of a poet, you know. I could (laughs) I could see him writing some music someday, but that movie, by the way, that one I I couldn't finish the doors, Jimmy Fail. That's a conversation for another day, but that one that one didn't do it for me. No, no, I get it. I mean, if you're just joining us, we're at the movies with Brian Brenberg or uh (laughs) kid. No, I get it, man. You know, one, one of the questions uh, we were talking about the other day is somebody had asked me, I was doing an interview on a radio show, like what the best 4th of July movie is. And uh, I actually said, you know, most people gravitate towards Independence Day. But, you know, that's a little bit tricky right now because people aren't exactly bullish on Will Smith. But <laughs> the movie The Pride of the Yankees culminates with Lou Gehrig oh. giving his famous luckiest man on the face of this earth speech at Yankee Stadium on the 4th of July, if you remember. Oh, and what a, lot yeah. of pe- what a lot of people don't know is the whole stadium's crying, but it's really because of the beer prices. <laughs> <laughs> Fifteen bucks for a warm Miller Lite. <laughs> Sad. That's such a good movie recommendation. Everybody, that's a that's a sleeper. Nobody yep. thinks about the pride of the Yankees. My kids loved it, and they hate, you know, black and white movies. They mm-hmm. hate all that old stuff. They loved that movie. That's Lou Gehrig would have been. He's a contender for the greatest of all time if he had stayed healthy. The for iron, sure. iron Those horse. R, the RBI numbers he put up, unbelievable. Wow, we were so close to getting through this without a single baseball reference. It's never happened before, <laughs> and we just this was a buzzer beater at the shot clock, a walk off home run, if you will, of baseball references. Oh, oh Brenberg, you're the best. My best to the gang. Uh, we'll catch up soon. Happy Fourth of July. If we don't talk, careful with the sparklers. We will. We've got the fire department on call, Jimmy. (laughs) They do. They got like surface to air missiles out there. Have fun, man. I'll see you soon, brother. There he goes. My main man, Brian Bremberg. There we go back after this. You're listening to the most addictive show on the radio. This is crack, rock cocaine. It isn't glamorous or cool or kid stuff. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I believe it was a wise man who once said that everything woke turns to And if you don't believe him, ask Van Jones, of all people, on CNN. I need to play you this clip. It's clip 21. We're in danger of becoming a party of the very high and the very low. Uh, if you pull out the working class, you've got people who are very well educated and very well off. 
those people talk funny. Latinx, I've never met a Latinx. I've never met a BIPOC. I've never met, you know, all this, this weird stuff that these highly educated people say. It's bizarre. Nobody talks that way at the barbershop, the nail salon, uh, the, 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 uh, the grocery store, uh, the community center. But that's how we talk now. So that's weird. And then the people who are very low down on the economic ladder need a bunch of stuff. You wind up over-promising, oh, we're going to give you reparations to, to people at the bottom of the economic ladder, talking weird to appeal to people at the top of the economic ladder, and the working class walks away from you. That is the danger we're facing. Again, what he's telling the Democratic Party is... Everything woke turns to They're concentrating on reconfiguring the language instead of actually producing for the country. And that's why they're in the position they're in. Remember, this is sports talk radio. I'll tell you who's winning. I'll tell you who's losing. I'll tell you why. The Democrats are losing big right now because their plan absolutely sucks. Bingo. I'm Charles Payne. Listen to my Unstoppable Prosperity podcast so I can get you making money right now. Whether stocks are hitting new all-time highs or in freefall mode, opportunities abound. So why are so many potential investors still sitting on the sidelines? In a new season of my podcast, I'm going to get you in the game. After 38 years on Wall Street, I'm ready to impart some lessons and get you invested in the greatest wealth-generating machine in history. Listen anytime, everywhere at foxbusinesspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.